Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, March the 7th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a really nice eight-game slate for this Monday. It is uh, spread out from 7 to 10.30 starts. We have a lot of great uh, interest in this one because there's all kinds of news. There's all kinds of great matchups. And we're coming off a fantastic night last night. We had some takedowns specifically on DraftKings and uh, all of our core plays got to their numbers. So it was it was a fun night. A lot of uh, real congratulations out there to our members that posted a bunch of uh, their winners. We'd love to see that. And we're hoping to keep some uh, momentum going today and getting right after it. So really appreciate you joining. Uh, we're... Uh, we're going to go over all of these games, and uh, we're going to try to get you a, a head start on building a lineup, you know, the news, what's going on. Uh, once you do that, you know, our recommendation is you get in there, uh, enter those contests, get those initial lineups in there. It gives you a big head start on the rest of the day. And then uh, just join us. Uh, go to uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. This way you can get right into our Discord, see all the changes, news, uh, everything we're doing with building our lineups. We do provide a uh, coach's clipboard on DraftKings, which is a core five. And then we give you the rest of the players to choose from to fill out your lineup. And we do provide uh, one cash hybrid lineup on uh, which we call cash and hybrid, which is single entry GPP uh, on FanDuel and Yahoo and also a multi-entry enter a lineup for GPPs for both FanDuel and Yahoo as well. All right, we're going to dive into this slate. Um, if you have any questions, you know, be sure to uh, look us up, shoot us uh, info at, at on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, if you want to send it to me directly, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right, YouTube watchers, thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, please. 7 p.m., we've got two games that start our slate. The first one is the Atlanta Hawks and the Detroit Pistons. Atlanta's favored by 7.5, 117.25 implied for Atlanta, 109.75 uh, for the Detroit Pistons. Atlanta comes in 31 and 32, Detroit 17 and 47. For Atlanta, we have a questionable tag on Kevin Herter. Important information to have. We'll have that before lock because it certainly affects their guard rotation. And then for uh, Detroit, we have a questionable, questionable tag on Diallo, which is also going to be uh, somewhat important. He's one of their first guards off the bench. Uh, we already know Frank Jackson, one of their guards, is out. So something we want to uh, look at there. As far as pace goes, Atlanta's 20th and Detroit 12th. So a little bit slower than norm, but not too bad. But the big standout thing here is the lousy defense. 27 defensive efficiency rating for Atlanta, 25 for Detroit. So 227, not as high as I was thinking it would be. I thought this game would push 230 with these two terrible defenses, but uh, interesting. So let's take a look at this real quickly here. You could pay up right off the bat for Trey Young. At 10-2, I think that's a very fair price for him. He deserves to be around that number. 
And Detroit, again, is not stopping uh, people very much defensively. Atlanta needs to win games. So right off the bat here, I do really like Trey Young as a pay-up option. Uh, we need to know on the Kevin Herter news, if he sits, uh, it really does bring Bogdanovich even more into play because he'll be the one I'm almost positive that would start. He is 6'2", which is a, a pretty you know big number considering he hasn't been starting. But if he's going to start and get those extra minutes, he has been putting numbers on the board and, and certainly would be in a consideration. And if you're not going to pay up for Trey, he, he would be a great uh, pivot to save a bunch of money here. Uh, but I'm not going to pay the 6-2 unless uh, he's going to get that extra, little bit of extra run by starting. Um, after that, you know, it's it's interesting. Collins had missed some games. He's back. So that sort of takes the luster off of Capella. But their prices are fair. Collins is 6-1 and Capella is 6-4. So they certainly can be considered here. Uh, at those fair prices. Uh, the guys that are going to probably bump back a little bit now is Gallinari, who we utilized when Collins was out. He's coming back off the bench, but he's 4-9, uh, so a little bit tougher to get to. Okongu's back as well, but now with Collins playing some backup minutes, he's sort of scratched off the list uh, as of right now. So it's really, for me, uh, I'm interested in Young, and I'm interested in Bogdanovich if he starts, and if I can make it work. I think a Collins or uh, specifically more so than Capella uh, is a possibility at 6-1. That's a fair price for him. All right, for Detroit, uh, Cunningham's really stepping up. We have some of the, the rookies around the league really taking the next step. So I don't know if it, they needed to get uh, over that rookie wall, and that happens a lot where they'll see a big slump. Uh, you know, towards the middle of the season, and then they get their legs about them and finish strong because some of the older guys get a little bit more tired. But uh, Cunningham's doing that. You're seeing that some from Jalen Green. They were the one-two picks. You know, we've seen it out of Franz Wagner, who slumped a bit and now is playing a little bit better. So uh, Cunningham in play at 7-5. We know that the Hawks' uh, backcourt defense is lousy. So he would be the guy I'd go to. Um, you can't take a, a, a twirl on any of these uh, four guys, really, but I'm not probably going to go there. But I like their prices. Sadiq Bay, 6'8", Jeremy Grant, 6'5", Isaiah Stewart, 4'9", and Marvin Bagley at 4'4", who is entrenched in their rotation now. So uh, if you want to pluck one of those four out and, and hit, uh, see if you can hit it right, then uh, I think you've got a possibility there. But really, Cunningham, for me, is the go-to guy. All right, game two, the other 7 o'clock game. It is the Chicago Bulls and Philadelphia 76ers again. So we've got this awesome matchup of intense teams fighting for East Coast uh, positionality, Eastern Conference, I should say, uh, spot for the, the playoffs. It is Philadelphia by seven. It's a 231.5 total, 112.25 implied for Chicago. 119.25 for the Philadelphia 76ers. Chicago comes in 39 and 25, Philadelphia 39 and 24. So yeah, this game matters. Uh, as far as Vuk goes, he's questionable. So that's a new thing that uh, we have to see. That's a huge piece of news if he's in or out. Again, we'll have that before lock. 
being that it's a seven o'clock game and it's an important piece of knowledge to have. Ball Caruso Williams remain out. Zero designations for Philly. How about that? The whole squad ready to roll. Uh, as far as speed in this game, Chicago 14th, right in the middle of the pack. Basically, Philadelphia, we know, slows it down. They're 28th. You know, a lot of dribbles for Harden, a lot of post up and, uh, you know, iso ball on the wing for Embiid. Uh, they're 28th. So, you know, it's going to be slower on that side. Uh, defensively, too, you know, Chicago's all the way down to 21, which is surprising. Uh, but, I guess not as much because their backcourt has been out for a long time. Um, and then Philadelphia's ninth. So you've got sort of average pace, really, or below average and pretty good D. So this, you know, the 231 and a half total is a big number, I think. And, uh, you know, there are some great plays here, but there's a lot of commitment to salary. So the, the big call is going to be, do you spend up right here or do you try to find value? Because you can go to DeMar DeRozan at 9-7. The guy's been just an absolute monster. Uh, if Vuk sits, it changes everything. You know, then you got maybe Tony Bradley comes in as a backup center, or you may have Tristan Thompson just move down to center. I probably, that's what they do, uh, right? They started Thompson alongside of Vuk the other day. That may have just been uh, because of who they were matching up against. So we'll see. Again, we'll know that lineup going in. But uh, once the Vuk news drops, then that could be the spot, the value spot to go to uh, on this slate if he sits. Uh, Levine also at 8-3 is another great pay-up opportunity. If you want to go uh, mid-range to have exposure here, Desunmu at 5-2 uh, is not a bad play. And uh, you know, let's see how that lineup shakes out. Sixers, on the other hand, you know, do you go up for the big, big bucks? Harden at 11-4 and beat at 12K? Certainly. I mean, how can you argue either one of them? Um, and certainly both playable. I think Embiid, uh, you know, it's funny, but Embiid actually probably does better if Vuk plays because he's not that great of a defender, um, you know, but he does have a big size advantage over Thompson, but Thompson will body him, probably get in foul trouble, though, actually. So, you know, Embiid's, I think, a great play, great pay up. 12K is a lot, uh, but seems like a fantastic spot. Um, and Chicago is a pace up game for Philly and they, their defense is, is down there to 21. So I'm uh, favoring Embiid uh, over Harden right now, but I think either one is a good play. Uh, if I do go Embiid, I'm going to try to follow up with uh, at least one player from Chicago just to give it some balance there, but uh, that's my initial look at one of my pay-up guys in Joel. And I think he wants to cement this, put the discussion out of play now of MVP because he's definitely the front runner, but if he stumbles here or sits games or doesn't, you know, play real well down the stretch, you know, there are guys that could jump up and grab him, the John Morant's of the world and DeMar DeRozan's, et cetera. So, uh, I would say that I think Embiid really wants to hammer that home. I think he's going to finish strong this last set of games because uh, I know he wants that. There's no doubt. All right, game three, we move on to a 7.30 game. It's the only 7.30 game, and it's Houston-Miami. we got one of the big monstrosity of spreads here. So we've got two of them in a row here that are going to be 15-point numbers. And you know me, we talk about it every day. 
you know, do you game script uh, a blowout or not a blowout and try to go from there? I say yes. You know, I game script everything, and I think it has to come into play. It doesn't have to if you're a 150 max enter person. You just do what you do and get your percentages. But if you're only building a couple lineups, two lineups, one lineup, even three, uh, you know, you got to make some calls on this stuff and fade some of those games where you're not going to get run from your fourth quarter guy. I mean, we've had takedown slates recently where, you know, our guys did not see the floor in the fourth quarter and it inevitably buries you. It, you know, people pass you. So we're going to always talk about here that here at Coach Talk. Uh, it's not going to, you know, make or break our lineups, but it's certainly a consideration. So this is one of them. You've got Miami by 15 over Houston. Houston coming off uh, is the second night of a back-to-back with a huge win last night. Uh, they played fantastic and, and big upset over Memphis. So that was a real surprise. Um, so I don't know. Now they had to travel to Miami coming off that win. Wow, that that could be a uh, you know, wake-up call waiting to happen, like a punch right in the nose. So uh, it is a 224.5 total, which is pretty good. Only 104.75 for Houston. 119.75 for the Miami Heat. Houston comes in 16 and 48, but off that big win last night. This is a um, island game for Miami. They come in 43 and 22. And uh, very interesting here on the Houston side. We still have Dennis Schroeder as questionable, and that does affect things big time. Uh, KPJ had a big game last night. Jalen Green was tough. Uh, and so if Schroeder's in there, that really, you know, muddies the waters with uh, minutes, usage, you know, shots. So we need that news because, you know, Porter and Green look so much better without Schroeder in. Uh, so we'll evaluate that. Hopefully we have that news before lock since it's only a 730 game. Garuba and Wall, my two buddies I mention every day, waste everybody's four or five seconds. They're out. For Miami, uh, interesting rotational players here questionable one being Caleb Martin which makes a big difference and here's a name we have dusted off Victor Oladipo he is listed as questionable from what I read sounds like he may be sprinkled in for his debut tonight in Miami is he playable no I guarantee you he'll be eased in he's not going to get big minutes at all but it does affect some rotational things so let's follow that news because uh, Caleb Martin also soaks up a lot of those minutes off the bench. It would just, you know, if Martin doesn't play, and I'm really not counting Oladipo, probably, what, 15 minutes tops, in my opinion. So, you know, uh, if Martin sits, so it does elevate guys like Struess, et cetera. So we'll talk about that. Um, Kyle Lowry remains out, and uh, Markeith Morris remains out. So... From a the standpoint of, you know, we love this team better than anybody else. Rockets, they're first in pace, last in defense, but we have the absolute antithesis of that with Miami. Miami is second to last in pace. Only the Mavericks are slower. Miami's 29th and Miami's fifth in defense. So crazy uh, differences here. You know, super pace for Houston, slower for Miami. Bat the worst defense in Houston, really good defense in Miami. So how does that all pan out? Well, that's what we're going to try to figure out here. We've got, again, Porter and Green coming off really good games and a win last night. They're super young, so it's not like they're going to have tired legs. 
But, you know, if they get Schroeder in or out, that will determine my interest really in their backcourt. So we're going to wait for that news. Other than that, you know, you've, you had a lot of minutes from Jen Goon. You had a really great game by Christian Wood. You know, a little bit different, though, uh, facing this uh, Bam, P.J. Tucker, Butler interior. That is no cup of tea. Uh, but Wood at 7-8 is very fair priced. Uh, you know, he is playing well. Jen Goon gets minutes, uh, and he's 4-4. We should have Jen Goon against Yurtsev, two of our favorite guys that remind me of each other that we love to play at value, but Yurtsevin has not been seeing the floor at all. Um, but Shedgoon can be considered. I mean, you know, he'll probably get minutes when Dwayne Deadman's in there, and Deadman's not a bad defender by any stretch, but at that cheap price, as well as he's playing and as much as he's involved in that offense, he's playing both the four and the five. So at 4-4, even though he's not starting, I think he's into consideration here but it is against a slow, well-defended team in Miami. Uh, other than that, that's my interest on the Houston side for Miami. Jimmy Butler, who's been somewhat like lackadaisical lately. He almost looks disinterested at times, so that's surprising to me because he's such a, a blood and guts player, but he's he's 8-5, which is a really good price. Certainly, this is the kind of game, if Houston found a way to keep it close, that Butler could have one of those 60 burgers up there, but I don't know how close they keep it. They definitely don't push Butler at all. He sits or gets yanked in, in those situations. So probably not going to use the, the spend up, but even though it's not that much of a spend up, you're not going to get Butler much cheaper than eight, five. So I'm tempted and certainly may make a GPP lineup. Uh, but, but that's about it. And I feel the same exact way about Bam Adebayo, except he has been playing very hard and very motive, motivated ball. And I think this is a terrific matchup for him. So Bam's one of my favorite uh, center buy-up spots. He's only 8-7, which is fair. I think it is. Sub-9 for Bam when he can, you know, get you a double-double almost for sure. Uh, so I like Bam a lot. Hero off the bench, still a great play at 7-2 with Lowry out because you're going to get a lot of Gabe Vincent and – Duncan Robinson, but if Caleb Martin doesn't play, you know, it hero again, fantastic play at seven, two coming off the bench. He's going to get monster minutes regardless. It, you know, he's the one guy he's already got six man of the year wrapped up, but they're going to just continue to pound him big minutes off the bench. But the guy that sneaks into consideration a little bit for me is Max Struce at four, one, that guy gets in and plays and he gets shots up. He is not shy. So if Caleb sits, I think Struce might be, a great, real cheap pivot that could be surprising that can get you a number. But he does have a limited ceiling, so you have to be a little bit careful there. All right, game four of this really nice eight-game slate, really good-sized slate here where you get a good feel for a lot of different teams going in different directions. Very interesting. So this is the other blowout potential game. They're both right back-to-back. -back. This one's an 8 o'clock game. It's Portland at Minnesota. The T-Wolves are a 15-point favorite. It's a 233.5 total, so you got a nice number here to work with. 109.25 for Portland, 124.25 for Minnesota. So gigantic number on that side of the board. Portland comes in 25 and 38, Minnesota 36 and 29. Right now, Greg Brown is listed as probable. 
Elijah Hughes, probable. And then these guys are out. Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, uh, Nurkic, Simmons, and I should say Simons, and Winslow. Those guys are all out. So the best players for Portland basically sitting. Uh, Minnesota has their own question marks, though. And all three of them matter to me. Patrick Beverly, for sure, as a starter. Two big bench guys, uh, Torian Prince and Nas Reed, both questionable. So be nice to get that information. Anthony Edwards uh, remains out. It looks like he's doubtful, but I, I believe he will not play. And McKinley Wright. So there are a, a couple of quirks in this that you know we really need to look at here. Uh, Portland 17th in pace, Minnesota second. So big pace up game for Portland in their G League team squad. Defensively, not good. Portland second worst in the league, only Houston worst. That's why these two are back-to-back huge underdogs. Uh, Minnesota is 16th, so basically right in the middle of the entire league defensively. Uh, God knows what's going to happen with Portland. I mean, you can just get all of your couple of uh, value plays right here. So your guess is pretty much as good as mine. You've got Brandon Williams. I mean, the fact that that we're not going to have Simons playing here you know, now Brandon Williams, Keon Johnson, C.J. Ellaby, Josh Hart, and Drew Eubanks are the presumed starters for me. That is definitely spooky. I, I don't know uh, if they win in a G League matchup, to be honest with you. Maybe. I guess the obvious guy here is Josh Hart, since he's really like the only true NBA player in this game. I mean, they have Watford, Macklemore, Hughes, Brown, and Blevins are the other guys. So those 10 players, you know, wow. So Josh Hart at 7-4, I know it sounds crazy, and he may not play a ton in a blowout, uh, you know, but at 7-4, the way he rebounds as a guard, if they can stay in it just for a little bit, he should get there. Uh, but after that, it's just a matter, you know, where do you go for the value here? C.J. Ellaby's been playing a ton of minutes at 4-5. Um, Drew Eubanks has been playing a ton of minutes at 5-K. Uh, I've liked Watford. He's looked decent at 5-1. Um, I really like Elijah Hughes at 3-K. We just need to do a little more uh, digging in here to see how much he's going to play. Because if he's dead men and starts, for example, then I'm interested. Because he's got game. It's just the question is, you know, how many minutes is he going to play? So a lot of digging on Portland for coach speak and beat writer information. But it's more than likely, you know, for me, I'd probably pay up for Hart here. Uh, I, I might take that risk, get that 7-4 number, and then try to pluck that one huge value guy from Portland because somebody's got to play and score some points here. Um, for Minnesota, if Beverly's out, you know, it does change things a little bit. Probably get either McLaughlin or uh, in there or a little more Noel. Uh, they could also uh, bump up Beasley or or Prince. So they have a lot of options there, uh, whether Beverly's in or out. Uh, for me, you know, it doesn't affect things a ton. I'm not going to spend up here. I made the decision. I'm not going with 8-2 D'Angelo Russell or 10-6 Cat. I just... This reeks of a blowout to me, and I'm not losing the whole fourth quarter for my guys. Uh, it, that just stings too much. So not much interest at all for me in Minnesota. 
Yeah, Vanderbilt's very fair at 4-8 and Jalen McDaniel, Jaden McDaniels at 4-6. But again, how many minutes? Is there a split there? Uh, so, you know, it's probably going to be pass on me for Minnesota uh, and probably Hart and a value for Portland. Sounds a little crazy, but that's DFS. All right, we move on to game five. It's an 8-30 game, and it does have the Utah Jazz in here on the second night of a back-to-back. So that is going to be interesting here to look at. Um, it is Utah at Dallas. Dallas is a one and a half point favorite is all. Uh, so that's interesting spread. It's a 217 and a half total. Very poor uh, total here. 108 for Utah, 109 and a half uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Utah comes in 40 and 23, Dallas 39 and 25. So very important game in the standings because Dallas is about to catch Utah if they uh, can win this one and then follow up from there. So this game definitely is one of those that matters. And it's, uh, you know, you catch Utah on the second night of a back-to-back. Um, no designations for Utah. Connolly sat out last night so he could play tonight. He doesn't play back-to-backs generally. Uh, so fresh team coming in for them. For Dallas, uh, Luke is back. It says probable, but I read he's in, so I expect him to play. But the big news is Jalen Brunson, who's an iron horse, man. That dude generally doesn't miss. Um, he is questionable, so I'm really thinking he may not play. And same thing for Maxi Kleba. So they're both questionable. I don't have either one of them in my pool right now, so we will get that news as the day goes on. The guys that we know are out are Chris Hardaway and Pinson. So, as far as pace here, not pretty. Utah 19th, Dallas dead last, slowest team in the league. And then you have two of the top 10 defenses in the league, Utah 10th and Dallas 6th. So that is not very exciting either. And a tired Utah team traveled after uh, playing last night. So not a massive amount of interest here. Um, you know, with Conley back in, you know, do you pay up for a 9K Donovan Mitchell playing the slowest team in the league? I'm not going to go there. Bogdanovich hit a bunch of shots the other day, but super inconsistent. Uh, the only guy that I'm considering, and it's Gobert. I mean, you all know how I like to play centers against Dallas. And Gobert against this front line could have, you know, 15, 20 rebounds. But I don't know on the back second night of a back-to-back -back if he gets complete full run. Uh, it is an important game, though. Utah needs to win to hold the Mavericks off that spot. So, you know, I'm leaning towards Gobert right now because he's fair. He's sub-8K, which makes him in play for me at 7-9. His price has been higher than that the majority of the season. So, if you know, again, this old saying, if if I had to lock my lineup in in five minutes, Gobert would be in there. Now it is it isn't fun watching Gobert because they they run nothing for him, and he's got one shot, and that's a dunk. He re, he doesn't do anything else. He can't shoot the ball at all. So you know, it's if he just dominates the glass, gets you you know five stocks and has a bunch of dunks and you know fifteen rebounds, then you're fine. So. Uh, I'm looking at it and not, you know, jumping out of my seat excited about it, but I think, I think it's a good play. 
Uh, Luca at 12 2, I mean, certainly can go there. I mean, you got to make a decision here. You know, where do you buy up to? I mean, you can't buy up everywhere. Uh, you know, if, if I don't, if I play Embiid, I probably can't get to Luca. If I sit Embiid, then Luca would be the next uh, pay up option for me. So those are my top two favorite. I doubt I can fit both of them. Maybe can squeeze one in with that Portland value on FanDuel, but not on DraftKings and probably not on Yahoo from looking at my initial builds here. But I will say if Brunson sits, uh, that does elevate Luke even more because Brunson really runs the show sometimes, even when Luke is in there uh, and, you know, takes a lot of minutes when Luke is out. So, you know, they're going to have to go probably to a Trey Burke that hasn't played very much uh, to come in and play uh, the point when Lucas sits. So, uh, you know, that Brunson news could be a tipping point, whether I go uh, Embiid or Doncic, but I'm, I'm leaning Embiid as we sit here now. Uh, if Brunson does play, 6-5 is a fair price for him. Reggie Bullock has been getting to his number. He's only 4-4. And as long as he's hitting threes, which he's been doing, he's one of the top 10 three-point shooting percentage guys in the league. So he's really hitting the shots uh, is certainly an option, again, especially if Brunson sits. After that, you know, Dinwiddie's your, probably your man at 6'2". Um, you know, he's going to play alongside Luka. He will play uh, some point now rather than the two. He's been playing mostly two for the Mavs since he's come over. But again, that's that whole scenario. If Brunson sits, Dinwiddie pops in there, then you get a little mop-up minutes from Trey Burke uh, here and there. So uh, Dinwiddie jumps up my uh, board if two things happen. If Brunson sits and if I go with Embiid over Luka, because I think I don't want to have all my chips in the backcourt for the Mavs uh, in this slower, lower total game. But I think Dinwiddie has stepped up every time they've needed him. And, you know, in this instance, uh, I think he has a, a really good ceiling uh, at that 6-2 price. Not interested in any of the other ones uh, from the Mavs in there. No, no bigs excite me uh, in this matchup against uh, Gobert. All right, the 8-30 game, which should be a lot of fun. It is uh, the Lakers against the Spurs. Big, big number here. Spurs are favored by two. How sad is that for the Lakers? The Spurs are horrible. They're not playing well. Their record is terrible. They're favored by two against the vaunted L.A. Lakers. It's a 234.5 total, like I said. 116.25 implied for L.A., 118.25 by the pop-led San Antonio Spurs. Good thing is both teams are on an island game, so we don't have to you know, guess as much with pop as far as that goes. But then we got the pop factor anyway, because the starting back court of DeJounte Murray, who's basically the entire team, and then the youngster Devin Vassell are both questionable along with Kata Bates job. So those three are questionable. Obviously knowing what Murray's status is, is by far the most important thing. So uh, if he, if he doesn't play, and you, you get points with the Lakers, whew, I think I'd take those. But if he does play, I you know, it, it should be uh, a good game. Of course, LeBron James listed as questionable. I don't even know why we mentioned it. He's probably going to play. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker, 
probable after missing a game. We know Davis and Nunn remain out. So this game is interesting, but we need news here. I mean, we need to know DeJounte Murray. We do need to get solidified info is, you know, on LeBron, because you never know one of these games he may actually sit. But I've, I'm counting uh, LeBron in, and I'm, I think I'm counting DeJounte in. I did two looks with him in and out. Uh, I'm not going to go there either way, though. DeJounte's 11-1. He deserves to be 11-1. The guy is an absolute machine. But that is a big number, man. I, You know, it's it's hard to swallow that number. We do have the two great pace teams, sixth and fifth in the league. So it's the best combination of pace. And that's why you have this 234.5 number. And the defenses are not good, 17th and 20th. So this is a very targetable game. I think a lot of people are going to have multiple uh, guys from this game on their roster. And, you know, a lot of it makes sense. LeBron at 11-6 and Murray at 11-1 on the other side are the big questions. You know, what do you do with those two guys? Um, Certainly could both break the slate or they could both disappoint. Maybe Murray doesn't even play. But something to consider. Right now, I don't have them in my initial builds. um, But, you know, I'm not going to argue with anybody that does. Um, Other than that, you know, a a cheaper Monk at 5-4, reasonable, reasonable. you know, I really don't want to go anywhere else with the Lakers, though. I just I do not want to go into that bench uh, and they are a mess. And I don't know how Russ still is over 8K is baffles me um, for the Spurs. If Murray doesn't play, then we're talking about, you know, who's going to score the ball. Well, one of the guys would possibly be Devin Vassell, but he might not play. So it's very, very hard here. If those guys both sit. Then all of a sudden, guys like Lonnie Walker are phenomenal plays. Keldon Johnson's a great play. As painful and gut-wrenching as it is, you can look at a little bit of, uh, you know, a Doug McDermott. I'm saying that under my breath. But the guy I'd go to here, if Murray sits, I'm going to be probably 100% all in on Trey Jones. He's only 3-5. The kid can play. When he's out there, he can play. He's one of those backups that I really like, sort of like a good one in Cleveland. I mean, when they get the opportunity, they score the ball, they play. So I'm sort of hoping Murray sits so I can get that other piece of value uh, with Trey Jones. Other than that, you're getting Josh Primo starting to play better and better, 3-3, but you never can trust his minutes. And then they have all these new guys with Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford. It is just impossible. Uh, Jakob Pertl at seven, nine, you know, uh, it's, if he plays, maybe the Lakers, you know, uh, dust off Dwight Howard to get more minutes again. This is a game that either can make you or more than like break you. So I, you know, I'm going more on as a cash player and single entry GPP. I just don't want it without more info. I don't want to throw a, a Dwight Howard out there or a Trey Jones or, uh, Malik Monk or, you know, uh, uh, Keldon Johnson. Those guys are all could be great plays if those guys that we talked about before sit. If they play, they're going to kill you. So this is where the jury will be out. This is the game I'm going to be following the most in Discord. We'll be commenting it on it all day. We'll be digging in through Twitter and everything to try to get every piece of information we can, uh, not to pop whatever, give us any information. Uh, it may get a little out of Vogel in LA, 
but we'll we'll hit the beat writers up and see what we can find out here because this could be a make or break a game and it could be a game I could have three guys in or zero. So pivotal game there. Stay tuned. Be in touch with us as the day goes on. All right, we have two games left real quickly. Want to mention uh, before we do that, join us, dfscoachtalk.com. Super simple. You can jump in for with a three-day pass for 10 bucks. That's all it is. You will get all of our basketball information, everything going on there. It's the Players' Championship Week in the PGA, which is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. We'll be covering that coast-to-coast coast with uh, Mr. Andrew Hansen. We'll be doing the podcast there coming out. In a couple of days, uh, I'm going to be posting some stuff with PGA this week as well because this Players' Championship is big time. So you get all of that. Everything that we've got, if you join us, you get uh, all of our information, our builds, projections, uh, lineups, the whole nine yards. So come try us out. We'd love to have you. Um, we have a great, great community, real positive. Also want to thank our presenting sponsor today, and that is Prize Picks. We've been having a blast. We have continued to ramp up our content led by our, our man, Josh Crash Davis. Uh, we're putting uh, picks up every day. We're discussing them, going over them, and we're winning. So if you haven't tried prize picks, go to prizepicks.com. And then when you sign up, if you anything from $1 to $100, I think you have a minimum of five, actually. Uh, anything you put in there, you get 100% match up to 100 bucks from prize picks if you use the promo code coach talk all one word no space all right enjoy prize picks jump in there and uh, we'll we'll be have uh, we'll have several things in our uh discord and discussions today about prize picks as well all right we have two games two later games a nine o'clock and then an hour and a half break for the wonderful exciting New York Knicks and Sacramento Kings. That is now, if you stay up and sweat that game, you are a true DFS believer and lover. And that's me. I will be there for that Knicks Kings game and I'm proud of it. But if you're a regular basketball fan and you're not playing DFS, then get some extra rest because those two teams are pathetic. All right. The nine o'clock game is not pathetic. It's a great game. It's the Golden State Warriors and Denver Nuggets. Denver's favored by a big fat eight. So the slump by Golden State is being noticed very much so by Vegas because that number is pretty big. Uh, again, 223 is the total. 107.5 implied for Golden State. 115.5 for the Denver Nuggets. This is why the, the spread is so big. Our man Steph Curry not playing. Uh, we also have no Draymond Green or Iguodala, Peyton, Clay Thompson, or Wiggins. You heard me right. Curry, Green, Iguodala, Peyton, Thompson, and Wiggins. So if you have an extra Warriors jersey, they're looking for players. Head over to the arena. You may get a spot on the bench. Looks like starting right now, Poole, Lee, Moody, Porter, and Looney. So let's face it. You grab a little uh, of that value from the uh, the sad sack Portland Trailblazers. You grab some value from Golden State here, and then you can buy up all over the joint. I mean, it's going to be the, the chalk build for everybody, and that's fine. You know, sometimes it just plays out that way. 
you live and learn and you got to do it because those two teams are going to have at least two guys each that go probably 10 X. And that allows you to get to the Lucas and Embiid's and, and folks like that. So, uh, not going to be a difference for anybody. Anybody that goes medium size uh, salary bill today, uh, good luck because that doesn't make, really make a lot of sense. And that's in everything. I'm talking about tournaments. I mean, you can still be different enough in tournaments by utilizing some of these different value plays and buy ups. So it's not the strategy that changes, it's just who you actually roster. But you're going to see it across the board, in, you know, head to heads and. 50-50, single entry, three entry, multi-entry. It's going to be, you know, stars and, and value guys. It's that simple. And certainly Poole, Lee, Moody, Porter, Looney, Kaminga, those guys, those six guys are all in play. Uh, so, you know, it's it's going through there, digging in a little deeper, seeing who, who the real go-to people will be. I think Jordan Poole will get the most. He may be the, the highest owned guy. Uh, on the slate because that guy has never seen a shot he doesn't like. So I think Poole gets up 25 shots tonight. I really do. So he's definitely, you know, highly in play. If Otto Porter, you know, steps up and has one of his games, he is a very good DFS player when he gets the opportunity in minutes and his usage should be solid. You know, a little bit more risk, you know, with Lee Moody, Looney or Kaminga, but they're all playable for Denver. You've got Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. So I don't know. You know, Golden State is sort of mailing this one in. It's a first night of a back-to-back for them. So they've obviously decided we're resting everybody tonight. Steve Kerr, I can't believe it. Can you imagine, though, if you're in Denver, you save up to take your family to a Golden State game because you're a Curry fan, you're a Warriors fan, and you've been waiting and waiting and saving and saving, and then – here comes Golden State to town. No Curry, no Green. Well, Green's hurt, but no Curry by choice. No Clay Thompson by choice, I think. And, you know, all those guys out. Uh, so very disappointing if you're uh, a Denver person looking to watch Golden State because you're going to get Pool Lee, Moody, Porter, Looney, and Kaminga, basically. So what does it do for Denver? Second night of a back-to-back, do they all play? Does Joker play? Think Joker plays. Uh, can Joker smash if this game gets out of hand? He's the Joker. He had nine million fantasy points last night, like a eighty-point uh, quadruple double, whatever he had. I just I just lost track from there. And the funny thing is, I didn't play him last night, and we still had a really good night. So goes to show you, there's a lot of different ways you can win at this game, including had some takedowns. So uh, anyway, I don't know what what are you going to get out of the Joker? What do they need out of the Joker? I'm not going to go there. I'm just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I'm totally off base here. Denver uh, has also Will Barton is questionable. So that could be the guy for Denver that sits. I expect him to, because they got to rest somebody here. They don't need all their guns against this backups uh, for the Warriors. Kanchar, Murray, and Porter remain out for Denver. So we have uh, a couple of things here to look at. Uh, 13th in pace for Golden State, 21st for Denver. Golden State, the number one defensive team in the league. I don't know how they're hanging on to that, but it's by a thread. I think they're about to drop down to two or three. Uh, and Denver in the middle of the pack at 15th. So if you have the guts for it, go for it. I'm not going to be playing uh, many nuggets here. Uh, I don't believe that 
you got a lot of opportunities to get to the number. The guys that interest me a bit are here. Bones Highland is actually my favorite nugget. He's only 3'9". He's getting rotational minutes anyway. This is the perfect opportunity for him to have a 30-minute game against a team like the Warriors that are playing all their backups. I think he could have a fantastic game. It's risky. I admit it as a cash player, it's a little risky because, you know, he's probably not going to start probably, you know, unless maybe Barton sits, but I still don't think he'd start. They still have other, several other options. Uh, But all I'll say here is if the Joker's uh, starting, which he's expected to, uh, I'm not going to pay up for that. If they do sit him at the last minute, then Cousins immediately comes into play. We saw what he's capable of doing. Uh, and then after that, you know, really just Bones gives me some interest here. Uh, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, but who knows how much those, you know, those are guys that have played. You're going to get some backup guys in here too. So that's where I stand there. Like I said on the Warriors, pull uh, probably and Porter, my number or top two guys. But uh, choosing that value from Golden State is going to be key to most people's slates. All right, last game, 10.30 p.m. game. And it, like I said, it's an awful game. I'm not going to have a ton of exposure, but it's the Knicks at Kings. Sacramento's only favored by three and a half, and it's a 231 and a half total. So it is, you know, almost eight points higher than this Golden State-Denver game. So you can't completely dismiss it. It's just the teams are so bad. Uh, you know, you just wonder what they're going to put out there. But anyway, coming into it, the Knicks are 26 and 38, Sacramento 24 and 42. So these teams are not going to make the playoffs. Knicks are also on the second night of a back-to-back. They just played last night and then they had to travel to Sacramento. So it's, they've been, you know, this last game, they went East Coast to West Coast, played. Now they have a back-to-back. Yeah, not a pretty scenario for an already lousy uh, playing Knicks team. But uh, as far as who's in and out, Taj Gibson, Obi Toppin, questionable. Uh, Nerland's Noel, doubtful. So we did get some decent Mitch Robb run last night. Could get some more of that tonight. Uh, Grimes and Rose are out. For Sacramento, Jeremy Lamb, questionable. Terrence Davis is out. Statistically speaking, Knicks 26th in pace, Sacramento 7th. Defense, Knicks 13th, and Sacramento a very poor 28th. So where do we go here? Do you save a spot? Do you try to, you know, hero ball here in the late late night sweat game? Um, I mean, you can. It's possible. R.J. Barrett's is pretty expensive 8K, but he has been getting up a bunch of shots. Julius Randle's 9-5, and he has shown to be a little bit better lately. Uh, you know, he's been... Uh, on a roll compared to where he was before, but he's an expensive nine, five, certainly in consideration. And like I mentioned, especially if his two backups uh, aren't completely available in Noel and Gibson, Mitch Robb's only five, two. My concern with Mitch Robb in this game is a little bit tired legs from last night. He's got to face a very crafty, good foul drawing uh, Demonis Sabonis. So, as much as I think I'd like to go back to Mitch, I just sense foul trouble there. And he is a guy, he and Triple J are two guys that I never trust, you know, unless it's a perfect matchup because they do get in foul trouble a ton. Um, so, you know, really from that side of the ball, the payup for a Barrett or Randall makes sense. 
Uh, other than that, I don't trust anybody in that game. For Sacramento, I mean, it's been the two guys been killing it. Have been De'Aaron Fox has been wonderful since they traded Halliburton, but he's nine three, uh, so and he's still not a great outside shooter, but he gets to the rim almost like Jaw does. I mean, the speed and just attacking the basket, he gets there. Not quite like Jaw, but you know, maybe second or third in the league at doing that. Uh, Sabonis at nine six, playable, but it you know it is a slow paced Knicks team with a pretty good defense. So nine, six is a big number. Um, if you want to go value Harrison Barnes at six K is okay. The infamous Trey Lyles at four, three, I've been playing Dante DiVincenzo at four, five off the bench. He hasn't been shooting the ball great though. Uh, but I do like the minutes and usage that he's getting. So again, I'm not going to race to this game, but you know, having some exposure here would not be a bad idea, even if it's just a one-off. So we will see how it all formulates. We have a lot of the value news already, and I would assume even more of it is going to open up. So this is going to be a fun slate. I'm really excited about it because, you know, when you can narrow in on deciding the value and you're not finding out the value 10 minutes before lock, where you're trying to then scramble and build and buy up and you can think it through now, we're going to build it throughout the day. I'm going to do uh, my first lineups right now get those set in and then start uh, tweaking it from there so really appreciate everybody uh, appreciate everybody uh, tuning in today uh, certainly uh, an interesting Monday slate that should be a fun one to start the week off so definitely check us out dfscoachtalk.com on the way out here give us a thumbs up hit that subscribe button that means a lot to us it really does and give us a comment let us know if you like the show if you have any questions whatever the case may be, and hit that little alert button in the upper corner. If you uh, hit that alarm, it will let you know every time one of our podcasts posts. We're going to have podcasts all week, every day. We do seven days in front of the paywall. We're also going to be rolling out some live streams, which will be brand new to what we're doing. Uh, we're also going to have some possible afternoon slate follow-up podcasts from Andrew Hansen. I'm also going to do another collab or two this week with Gundacker. So we're bringing everything to you, man. We've got it all uh, figured out here. That's what we say, and we're standing behind it. But we're coming off a good night last night. We want to build on, on it and have even a better one tonight. So thank you again for listening. I really hope you get out there and get all your wins, some takedowns, the whole nine yards. And then tomorrow's Tuesday, my day of respite. So it'll be Andrew Hansen at the helm for the NBA, but then I will be back on Wednesday. And I will definitely be looking to crush it in NBA DFS.